Hello and welcome to the Making It Happen podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this is a podcast and YouTube show where I document my journey of becoming a creative entrepreneur, but more importantly, helping people start their journey to making their dreams, passions, and goals happen. Today, I have a very special guest who I'm going to be talking to, Mr. Todd. This is someone who I truly admire and respect. He is a successful entrepreneur who's on a mission to helping people reclaim their creativity. With his latest book, 32 Regrets, A Guide to Reclaiming Your Creativity. Todd, thank you for coming on the show, man. How are you? How is everything? Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you for having me, Kyler. This is awesome. And, and thank you for the kind introduction, man. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. Um, I'm so excited to chat about this with you. You know, we've had some really good conversations sort of offline. Uh, we kind of connected on the photography uh, bit. And, you know, we've just been talking about creativity a lot. And it's really fun to chat with someone like you, um, who I can bounce creative ideas off of, who we can really like, you know, you and I, I think really get into creative process and love mm -hmm. to kind of like talk through it and figure out like, what's next and how to do it. And um, I appreciate you putting me in the category of successful entrepreneur. I don't know that I'd go that far, but you know, man, like you, I'm on that journey and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out every day. You know why you're a successful entrepreneur? Why is that? Because you're happy with what you're doing, man. You're happy. <laughs> I can see it in your face and your posts. Honestly, man, like the more I do this, like I don't have a million dollars behind me. I'm not some financially successful entrepreneur, but I'm so happy with what I do every single day that I know at the end of the day, I go to bed just content. You know, I'm so happy yeah. with it. And that's why I want people to go on this journey of making it happen because that's how I'm doing it. That's how I'm making it. And that's why I think you're a success, man. You're doing Thank an awesome you, job. I appreciate that. Thank you. This is, uh, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm so happy to be here and chat with you today. Yeah, man. No, I really appreciate it. And, and so on today's episode, I really want to dive into this book because um, I, I've been reading this book, man, and there's some awesome, awesome insights onto how you, you are, you're making it happen. And, and the people you interviewed are, are making their life happen. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. And maybe to kick off with my first question is, for people listening or maybe wanting to look into this book, who was this book created for and, and how does it relate to creativity? As you mentioned, we talk a lot about creativity. When I you know, started this journey or even before, I never thought I was creative or let alone knew the importance of creativity in my life. So maybe if you want to touch on why you made this book and, and who is it for? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, really this book began as, as kind of a selfish thing. Um, and, and it started because I wanted to know how to be a creative entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, I, I've been in this habit of journaling for the last, you know, 10 or dozen years. And I have a format that I like and that works for me, but hey, you know, different formats work for different people. And so like, you know, some days I would just do a brain dump and I just write some bullet points about what happened in my day. And what I started to look at was I started thinking about it and I felt like in every job that I had, something was missing. I wasn't giving all of myself into that role. And I started to realize that what was missing was really this creative component, like where I could just be me and I could just do like the weird things that I do and quote movies and be goofy and like, <laughs> you know, come up with like crazy ideas. 
And so what I found was in my journaling, that was actually an outlet for me to get some of those ideas out. And so as I was putting those ideas out and, you know, kind of job hopping and working my way through, you know, my twenties, I kind of started to figure out like, wow, like I have a lot of business ideas. I want to know how to make that into an actual thing. And so I sat down, I started cataloging it. And what ended up happening is I had 32 different ideas for businesses that I had wanted to start at one point or another. Uh, And that's where the idea of the 32 regrets comes from. And Mm -hmm. that's where I was feeling this heavy burden of regret that like I hadn't started any of these things. And I tried to start one, but uh, I was in grad school. I was sort of like behind regulatory issues. I didn't really know how to push it forward. Now I do. I know what I could have been doing during that time, Mm -hmm. but I actually don't regret that because it, it made me, it sort of propelled me forward to this position. So this book is for anyone who has an idea or has no idea and wants to figure out how to use their creativity to chase a passion or curiosity in their life and to get creativity back into their life, get those ideas flowing and start figuring out how they can put those pieces together to build a more creative life. I love that. I absolutely love that. And guys, like when I first started or before I started, I didn't think I was creative. So what, what's that self-doubt that people, yeah. you know, look at themselves and say, ah, I'm not a creative person. Like, I don't know if this book is for me. Like, do you have anything to say to that, to those people who may, may not think that they are actually creative? You know, man, uh, to anybody who says like, oh, I'm not creative or I'm not creative in that way. I always go back to um, this study done by a guy named Dr. George Land. And he worked with NASA to help NASA figure out their most creative problem solvers to get them on the teams that were mission critical for space flight. So how to get Mm. humans into space, how to get them back to earth, how to keep them alive. So he came up with this test to test creativity. And then he and his partner, Dr. Beth Jarman thought, hey, well, if we can do this for adults, why don't we do this as a longitudinal study and figure out what happens to creativity over a lifetime? Mm. So they tested five-year-olds. They tested that same group at 10 years old, at 15 years old. And then they've tested over a million adults at this point. And what they found is, uh, you know, play a little guessing game here. So what do you think at five years old, how creative do you think people are, kids are? Probably crazy creative. Like, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's up animals and weather and all sorts of things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's 98%. Yeah. Uh, when you get to 10 years old, it drops off to something like in the 30 percentile range. Uh, by the time you're wow. 15, it's down to 12. And by the time you reach adulthood, it's 2% of humans that score in the highly creative range. And so there's so much stuff that happens during that time, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you've got school, you've got friend groups, you're trying to fit in, you're trying to mold yourself into Mm -hmm. a specific like type of person and creativity kind of falls by the wayside. So for anybody who says right now, like, oh, I'm not creative. Guess what? You at one point were that five-year-old who was in that Mm -hmm. 98%. So you are creative. And everyone is born with the human brain, which is an awesome tool. And it's a great tool because it can be retrained and it can relearn. Uh, And so I think what people, so for anyone who's listening, who's like, oh, I'm not creative or doesn't feel creative. Guess what? You are, you have a brain, you're here, you're listening, you're learning. That means that you can be creative. And so I think part of this argument too, is that people fall into this idea that creativity is just the arts. It's just writing, painting, Uh, photography, videography. Creativity is in all manner of things in our life. Uh, It's in cooking. It's in creating and designing your own life. It's in chasing things that you want to chase, following your own curiosities, 
solving math problems, doing complicated chemistry equations that I'm not doing, but if you can figure out how to turn plants into fuel, like, man, that's creativity <laughs> right there. Um, yeah. But I, I think people get stuck in this idea that creativity equals arts, and it's not always mm. true. Creativity is in everything and anything that you do every day. Uh, so you are creative. So let's start from that assumption. And from that assumption, if you've got something that you want to try, like, oh, I'm not creative in that way, but I'd really like to be good at drawing. There are infinite resources out there to learn how to draw. You know, if you have a pencil and a piece of paper, or even like a, you know, uh, the margin in a book or in a notebook or something, you can start doodling. Uh, and then YouTube is a tremendous resource for mm. free tutorials on how to learn something. Uh, the internet has endless tutorials on, you know, uh, how to do creative things. Photography. So I think, photography, <laughs> exactly. I, I think if you just start um, thinking about it, you know, there's a, there's a greater intuition when it comes to creativity and you know what you want to create. Um, and that's where I think you get into these sort of what I call the principles of dreaming. And where you really have to give yourself permission to go out and create that thing once you've identified it. Man, you're taking the words out of my mouth right now. A couple of things that really stuck to me, what you said, like being stuck, not believing that you are creative and that we create our life, we create our routines. I mean, you gave uh, like so many amazing examples of how we create. And when I look back at my journey and how I got to this point, I knew all along that I should have been in this field. But yeah. like you said, giving yourself the permission to go into it and, and say that I'm going to fail. I'm going to trip up. I might even fall off the sidelines, but guess what? I'm going to get back up and keep going. Yeah. I knew from a very young age, I wanted to be in this industry when I look back at my life, but didn't allow myself to actually do it until my late twenties. Right. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people in that state, right? This is podcast is all about starting the process, making yeah. it happen. How did you start the process? Like you talk about 32 regrets of business regrets and ideas and things that you didn't do that ended up not being regrets, but uh, <laughs> that how did you start writing this book? How did you actually wake up and say, today's the day I'm doing it? Was it a moment? Was it a decision? Like walk yeah. me through that process and maybe some tips you can share on how people can start, you know, writing a book, starting a business, a YouTube channel, what have you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I, I listened to all these podcasts and read all these professional development books. And um, this guy by the name of Chris Moore summed it up really well one day. And he said, you know, you could know everything there is to know about cliff diving. You could have, you know, like gone diving off of a diving board. You could watch YouTube videos. You could do all this research, but you don't know anything about cliff diving until you actually jump off the cliff. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so what- <laughs> Makes what, a lot of sense, yeah. <laughs> what I started figuring out is like, okay, so I have these things that I want to do, but I have no idea how to do them. Maybe I could learn from some other people about how to do this. So again, this started as like a very selfish thing. Like I wanted this information. And I sort of started thinking, you know, this is actually kind of cool. And, and I think there's a cool transformation happening here. And I think that this is, these would be cool stories to share with people. And so the first thing I can say is there's, there's three things that I think are really important for creativity. Um, and the first thing is dream. And that's just, you know, 
noticing what you're dreaming about, what you're thinking about, what are you wishing you were doing when you're sort of sitting at your desk? It's that intuition again. And what I like to tell people is like, if people don't really know that or feel that, it's follow your curiosity. Think about what conversations you had or what podcasts you listened to during the day that really piqued your interest. And then follow that curiosity. And I mean that in do your research, go out there, watch YouTube videos, read uh, news articles, look at what's on the internet. And then, you know, like the internet's a, a crazy tool for, for good and for bad, but you can reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and say, hey, Kyler, what's happening, man? I've seen your videos. I am like so impressed with what you do. Would you have 10 minutes to talk with me? And by and large, people are really, really responsive to that. And mm -hmm. so you can start dreaming and getting curious and learning along the way. Uh, the second thing that I started doing was looking at how I was spending my time. And so, you know, for me, I was spending a lot of time sitting on the couch at night watching Netflix. And I realized that that was time like after dinner when I could actually be doing something. Uh, and so it sort of forced a change of habit where like I would come back to my computer and try and write a thousand words after dinner. Um, and a thousand words seems like a lot of words, but when mm -hmm. you sit down and just start letting it like drop out of your brain, a thousand words is, doesn't take very long to be, to be like really honest. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, like once you catalog your time and you see how you're using that time, you can actually find the time in your week to uh, go out and like actually work on a creative project. And everybody thinks it needs, you know, you need so much time, but with like 20 minutes and a post-it note, man, you can accomplish so much. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you and I have had this conversation where like, you know, when you started getting into photography, you were giving yourself assignments to go out and shoot during the week. And then mm -hmm. you'd edit on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just that like process of carving out that little bit of time and figuring out uh, how to do it. And you don't need like the fanciest gear or the craziest stuff or a perfect prototype. Like leave all that aside. You know, if you have a phone with a camera in it, you can start photography like right now in this very instant. Um, and you can it's go out there and start shooting photographs. It's oh really my God, impressive. It's, I look at some of the Apple ads that they use that are like mm -hmm. the shot on iPhone ads. And I'm like, where did these people come from? Because this is amazing. Like the, yeah. the photographs that people are taking are insane. A really, uh, I, I'm just going to plug in really quick. A really cool trend that you'll like this talk as you're getting into photography is they get a pro to work on like a really inexpensive camera, like an iPhone. Yeah. And get a beginner to work on the fanciest equipment, $5,000 red camera that you can do so much beautiful things. And you look at the comparison and nine out of 10 times the pro with the iPhone or like the cheap DSLR camera wins in the end. And that just goes to show just what you said. It really doesn't matter what equipment and you can apply that to every industry. I believe that you want to go into, Absolutely. you know, Amazon wasn't, didn't have millions of dollars to start with. They began in the garage, right? Yeah. With a computer. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the, the biggest thing I think is, is you just hit it right there. It's like, just get started. You know um, if it's with a post-it note, if it's a prototype made out of paper or newspaper, do it. You know, I had some friends who were trying to make a uh, golf bag and they were trying to make a golf bag that would compete with new golf bags on the market and sort of like the incumbent vendors. And they were using the uh, inside of like wrapping paper rolls, uh, you know, like oh, or wow. inside of like, um, like paper towel rolls. Yeah. 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 They were using those and newspaper and like <laughs> duct tape to like build a prototype. 
And that's what they did. And then they realized like, man, through like, you know, 10 prototypes, they were like, ah, there's no way we could get this to a price point where we could actually compete with incumbent, mm-hmm. you know, vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I think that story right there, like my buddy, Dan, who created this card game called Pricetution, he wrote out the cards that he was going to use for his card game on post-it notes. And then he put them all up and he looked at them and was like, nah, that doesn't fit. And he'd take it down. And then he'd find some other idea to fill that spot. But, you know, with post-it notes and a Sharpie, you can get a lot done on a creative Mm -hmm. project. Well, it's just like you see in all the movies, you know, uh, the business idea was on a napkin. You know, they they started a business off a napkin and it really does mean something that like you can use anything that you have to start. I think that the lesson I've learned, like I love what you said, the first step is dream right? What I kind of did was I looked at what I was following on Instagram, on social media. And I realized I'm following a lot of photographers, a lot of videographers. I really like what they're doing. Like I had two buddies I went to high school with and they started a production company and I would like creep them all the time (laughs) in in an unhealthy, probably kind of way. But that was the, that was, it was telling me, I was having signs that this is something you're into. This is something yeah. you're passionate in. And like you said before, giving yourself the permission to get started, to go, because getting started is the hardest hurdle I had to overcome because it yeah. took me all of my, my entire life to start, basically. Yeah. You, like you said, at five, you had 97, 98% creativity yeah. to 10 to like 30%. That just, it blows my mind to 2% to when you're an adult we're probably not even using, maybe we're using like 10% right now. So there's yeah. so much aptitude that we can do, right? Yeah. And then time, yeah, like sacrificing leisure for what you want. There is a sacrifice. I listened to a podcast with Lewis Howe, a famous podcaster, and Kevin Hart. Yeah. And talking about his story about, you know, his dedication to fitness even after his car crash, if you don't know, he had a really bad car crash, uh, almost fatal accident. And he was in the gym working himself. And, you know, the traditional doctors say you may not walk again. And he's here jumping and leaping and doing box jumps. And he's, he's an animal, you know, but he's determined he's a, he makes the, he has a dream, he makes the time and he goes for it. You know, like there's so many amazing examples. Yeah, Um, absolutely, man. Another question I have for you, Todd, is, is around kind of motivation and inspiration because yeah. th- we, we talked earlier before um, the podcast that there are times when, like, for instance, I haven't posted on my podcast since July, okay? Yeah. It's been a really, really busy summer. Uh, and, I, and I was on vacation, too, for about three weeks visiting my family where I did nothing and it felt great. <laughs> um, but <laughs> glossing over that, how do you get you know stay consistent and stay motivated because this is not easy you know once you've started now you have all these thousand other steps you have to take to get to where you want to go and every day is another challenge and it's so easy and i still do it push it over ah i woke up too late i'm not going to work out today ah yeah it's too tired. I, my, you know, I got a zit on my head. I can't do a video, you know, and, (laughs) and I make these excuses and I know people do. What do you do to stay motivated, to keep going and be inspired? Like what, what is some advice you can give some people? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, 
Yeah. So to be perfectly honest with you, I, you and I were talking about this, like I'm in the same boat, man. I've had a, a very busy summer as well. Um, not only writing, you know, promotional materials for the book, talking to people about the book. Um, but really like I, I ended up picking up some, some freelance clients, uh, and that's been keeping me really busy and it keeps me away from actually creating, uh, writing on creativity. And, and that's been really hard because it's always on my to-do list. And I always see, you know, like my idea for my next articles and I'd be thinking about my editorial calendar a lot. And then when I can't accomplish that because I'm busy with something else, I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing is you just have to let go of that guilt and know that you're going to get some free time to come back to it, but don't let it stress you out. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can all make excuses for like, ah, uh, you know, I woke up too late. I like, I can't write today. And you know what? I found that uh, in writing the book, I actually wrote a lot of the book by talking through ideas. So I would record Mm. myself on a voice memo and I'd say like, oh, this thing that, uh, you know, Sheena said ties into this other thing, Mm. which really comes down to this idea of, and I I could write a lot that way. And so when I was commuting to or from work, um, I could actually get through about seven or 800 words at a time. And then you just have to edit it and shape it up. And you know what? It, it actually looks pretty good then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been on this little bit of a creative break and I've been, uh, I've actually been working on an article uh, about how to come back from a creative break because creativity is really so a habit. Tough. And it's so tough. It's so hard if you get out of your routine to get back into it. Because like you said, you can always come up with a reason like, ah, no, like my voice is a little hoarse today. I can't record. <laughs> That's and been this like, week <laughs> in a nutshell for me. It's been exactly. That, it's, it's, but it's so true. It's so, it's like, I feel like I'm starting the process all over again. And yeah. I'm feeling that, that those fears of starting, yeah. those fears yeah. of failing and even fears of being successful too. Like yeah. what, what is, you know, just to interject really quick, I, I met my idol this summer, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. And I was so nervous and I only met him for four minutes and 13 seconds. That's ex- exactly how long time I had with the man. He's a busy guy. And, and I got some clout out of it. You know, people started following me and, and people reaching out to me asking for life advice. And I felt this almost responsibility to perform. Yeah. And it, it almost crippled me. It almost yeah. like, what if I post this is it's not as good as what people are now following me about and getting back to that starting position, just like what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's so, it's such a real factor in every part of our lives, whether it's work, it's personal relationships. I mean, I, I see it intertwined with so many things. Sorry. I had to interject really Absolutely. quickly. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and yeah, I saw, I saw that you met Gary V man. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing and the biggest thing that I like to tell people is just, I come back to this idea of always choose curiosity over fear. Mm-hmm. Like, are you more curious to find out if you can be successful at this than you are afraid to fail? And I feel you so much on that right now, because when I took a break and was writing for other clients and had to come back to my own creativity and I was like, what am I going to write about? What am I supposed to write about? Like, what am I doing here? Uh, And I started thinking about this idea of the creative break, because that's essentially what I've had from my writing on creativity is this creative break to go do something else. Um, And it's also creative and also fulfilling, but it's in a different way. And so now I came back and I was like, you know, what happens when you take a creative break 
-hmm. And it's, you're absolutely right. It's so hard to come back to your creativity because you end up, you know, with those same fears, those fears of, is this good enough? Does this meet my standard? Is this what I was doing before? Or am I going to be so successful at this that like, I don't even know what the ramifications of that look like, but you have to choose curiosity over those fears and start just get back into it. And it sort of comes down to like just getting started. Um, and so what I've done is, you know, I, I started writing this article about taking a creative break and things that I've done to get me back into it. Um, and I, I write in the book about this thing that I call setting a trap for creativity. And it's the methods that I saw that creative entrepreneurs were using to bring creativity into their lives. And for a lot of them, it was going for a walk. Uh, for some of them, it was how they structured their day. Uh, for one of them, it was driving race cars, which would terrify me, but somehow that gives him clarity. Um, <laughs> Teach your own, man. <laughs> Teach your own. But, you know, I would say that think about what helps you bring creative and get into that creative state. Um, and for those of you who aren't sure what a creative state is, it's where you feel like doing something. Like if you're sitting on the couch feeling antsy while you're watching Netflix or, you know, TV, you're in a creative state. Mm. So take that energy, turn off the TV and follow that curiosity. Ask yourself like, why am I antsy? What on Instagram that I just saw piqued my interest? Why did mm. that pique my interest? And I would say, take a blank sheet of paper and just set a timer for 20 minutes and just write. Write about why that thing intrigued you, what happened, what energy you're feeling, because that's creative energy right there. And it's mm. looking for an outlet. And you can find that outlet. And that's really how I got started with this. Because I would sit at my desk at work or I'd come home and I'd watch TV and I would feel this nervous energy about me. And I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And when I sat down and started journaling, I started to realize that it was creative energy that needed to get out. So if you're in a place where you need to get started again, think if you need permission from anybody in your circle, like do you need permission from a significant other, a partner, mm -hmm. um, your family to get started? and ask them for that permission. Because mm. that in and of itself sometimes frees you to go do what you need to do. Um, so that's like, that's kind of the best way I could sum it up for people. Oh, that's so, uh, I love what you're saying. Ah, I'm fired up right now. You know? <laughs> Let's get going. Absolutely, it's so, man. So true. Like I wish, I wish we had that conversation when I started and I could have got permission um, long before, but yeah, like my girlfriend, um, was a big part of me getting that permission. Uh, I, <laughs> what, what I like to say on the podcast is I didn't own a camera the first year I was a photographer. Yeah. I did not own a camera. I, my girlfriend had a camera. It was hers. I used it. I used, uh, I was working in the creative space. I used my works camera. I literally used and exhausted everything around me uh, before I actually bought my own. And it, it's amazing, like how that you can use anything around you to do that. And, and I got the permission from her. So I love the advice, getting permission from a loved one, family member, a friend, whatever it might be to let you go do that thing. And yeah. coming back to this time thing, this is something that I've been trying to figure out too, is whenever I'm stuck, I'm not sure. Um, about something, I put a timer. And I want to know what your thoughts are about accountability. Like having that timer is like, you need to have something within 20 minutes, right? Yeah. And I have that urgency, right? And my boss says this, and I love this quote. Uh, he says, accountability is the laziness vaccine. 
So when you're feeling, <laughs> it's good though, right? Yeah, it's uh, real good. Yeah, <laughs> I have to quote him for that. But um, he, so when you put that timer on, you are accountable to yourself to make something and just write or just, you know, film or just do something. And even if it's not your best work, you have accomplished something. You've learned yeah. something, right? Absolutely, man. And I, I'm a huge proponent of actually putting stuff in my calendar. Um, and like, you know, I think like a lot of people these days, especially working from home, uh, Zoom meetings being virtual, like live and die by the calendar. Um and I think one of the things that I've learned is I schedule time in my calendar. Mm. Um, and I actually saw this, one of, um, one of my buddies, Dan, who I interviewed for the book, um, actually uh, sets, uses his calendar and sets a timer for 90 minutes. And that's his like creative time. And he just says, mm. all right, cool. I'm gonna come up with ideas during this time. And then if he finds an idea, it goes into honing and sort of like ideation around that idea. Otherwise it's just him coming up with you know, sort of blank slate of ideas. But I think in terms of accountability, set that time for yourself, really. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to feel energized. You're going to feel amazing. And that 20 minutes is going to feel like it goes by in an instant. You know, like you're going to snap and that timer is going to go off. Um, and, and I do this a lot for myself. Like I'll set deadlines, even though they're internal deadlines, like I don't owe them to anybody, but I set that deadline. So I have that maybe like, I work a little better under that edge of pressure where I like set myself <laughs> up and I'm like, yeah. oh man, I got to get this done today. Like this has just got to happen. And you end up actually, you, even if you're not feeling it, you end up creating something. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about with the uh, photographic assignments and saying like, I'm going to photograph lines this week. And then you look at everything and edit your photos on like a Saturday afternoon, let's say you will have gone out and gone through that process. And you might say, man, I only got one photograph that I'm really proud of out of this. What did I do differently on this one? And you can mm. learn from that. And I mm. just think, you know, holding yourself accountable because you never know where a creative project is going to lead. You know, um, when I sat down to write this book, I thought I was going to have all the answers leaving writing this book and go out there and start a company and just, you know, uh, get after it. And I learned that maybe that's not exactly the route that I was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm working on other book ideas right now. I'm writing a lot and it's not exactly where I wanted to go, but sometimes you end up somewhere better than you mm -hmm. think you're going to get to go. So really take that time, make that time available for yourself because you, you know, the only person, um, I think that you're doing a disservice to and not making that time is yourself. I love that. You know, on, you brought up something and you put you said you made a deadline for yourself to make something right yeah you know when you first started you brought up that oh i thought it was going to be a huge success right away and i think everyone falls into that trap and i still you know i think at a low level i still when i post something on online or give it to a client there's expectations that you may not know you're forming of like will they you know I hope they like it or maybe I'll get some more followers from this post or there's the expectation of success. Yeah. Right. And absolutely. as, as you know, when you start something and how long the process is, you know, how far that really is and that, and we define success in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. But I want to know, like, how do you get over, you know, you're, you're working towards this goal every day. You're, putting the time in every single day and you're not seeing the results, yeah. what you expected. 
what do you do when you're feeling that way? And, and how can someone either get over it or what's the perspective they should be looking at when they're at that state? Because now they've started and they're working at it, but they're not seeing the results right away, which is 99% of the cases, right? Totally. Of most people. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, like two quotes come to mind right off the bat when you asked me that. <laughs> uh, and the first one that comes to mind is uh, Tony Robbins when he said, most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. So mm-hmm. keep going, you know, keep posting. If it makes you feel good, if it makes you happy and it brings you that energy, keep going. Cause mm-hmm. at some point you're going to find your tribe and the followers are going to come out of the woodwork. And so keep going, keep pushing, keep publishing. I can't tell you, how many rejections of articles that I've written that I've got from online publications and each one sucks and hurts a little bit, Mm. but they each hurt less. And the second point to that, um, and especially for anyone who's a writer or a photographer and submitting editorial content, if you get those rejections, sometimes it's helpful to take a step back and look at other people's work who are getting accepted into those publications that you want to be accepted into. And maybe you're looking at the wrong publication, but more often than not, your stuff is good enough. It's at the caliber to be in there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to tweak the way you have it formatted or the way you have it written. And so um, my other quote is from Eric Larson, who's written, I don't know how many books at this point, but I just finished his book, Dead Wake. And uh, in the uh, note from the author, he says that between projects, he does, uh, he reads, voraciously and promiscuously, which I just loved (laughs) as like two adjectives to describe reading. I think it's fantastic. Um, But that's how we found this story of the sinking of the Lusitania. and And that's how we came up to write that book. So what I'd recommend is look at photographs from people who get submitted to these publications, read the articles, look at the content, look at what's there, because you might have to change something about the way you're working And so I got this rejection and I was kind of crushed by it. And I started looking back at the articles that were really successful and had, you know, uh, at least, you know, like 10,000 reads of them. And I was like, holy crap, how are these people doing it? And I looked at what they were doing and the way they structured their intro was short. It was punchy. It was probably three sentences and it had a hook right behind it. And so it got you sucked in to it. And I think what I found was, um, you know, this idea uh, of, and, and this is not my idea, this is a Marie Forleo uh, copy cure idea, is that if you have an idea, write it out 25 different ways. Or if you're trying to publish an article or caption mm. a photograph, write it 25 different ways and then go through it and pick the best one. Because the first one is sometimes the best idea that you're going to land on, but sometimes it's the 25th or the 28th or the 40th idea that you come to. That's going to be the best way of doing it. I like that. Uh, and so I think there's there's a lot of different ways to sort of um, come at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you keep, you know, if if you're feeling kind of stuck and you're not really, you know, progressing in the way you want to, revel in that moment because that moment isn't going to last for very long. So like celebrate that time because it means you've gotten somewhere. Mm. Uh, and what you know. It's the same thing uh, that you would think about in terms of like strength gains. Like what happens after you plateau? Mm. You start to exponentially increase again and you mm-hmm. get to that next level. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling stuck right now, 
keep going. Because from here where you're stuck, guess what? That next exponential gain is coming. Mm-hmm. And so if you just keep pushing forward, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so many people give up before they, or give up on themselves right before they get to that mm-hmm. next level. Uh, so just keep going. Yeah. All I can think about is like the video games that frustrate me the most are the most satisfying ones I beat. You know, like if you are a video gamer or, if, or playing any sports too, like, you know, you're maybe you're losing one game after another, after another, but you, but you're improving each time that win is so much more gratifying and, and humbling. Like you, you just, cause you work so hard at it, you know, to get there. Yeah. To get Absolutely. there. Exactly. And that's where my mind went, right. When you're talking about that, I love that concept to writing it out 25 different times, looking at different perspectives, you know, yeah. like seeing Absolutely. how you can, now, how, you know, I have a few more questions before we kind of end the episode off, but um, I, something I'm very curious about is writing or making things for others versus yourself. Yeah. When I started making content, I focused on myself. I focus on what do I want to create? Yeah. And then along the process, right, you start to get maybe clients and you're making for other people and you fall into I don't know if it's a trap, but you start making, you start to realize you're making for others and not yourself anymore. And you talked about it, you know, getting that creative rut. And I think it falls into that. How do you balance the two? Because, you know, for us that make a career out of it, right? We have to do things for others to make, you know, yeah. money and live Absolutely. and also make for ourselves because that's what we love to do. And and is there a balancing act between it? Because some people, um, you know, want to find that hobby that brings them joy that may not be their life, like their work life, or it may be their work life, whatever they determine, but how do you balance the two? Yeah, it's, it's a tricky balance and I'm still working on figuring it out. Uh, and so, you know, I would say that I think for most working creative professionals, I think it's always going to be a balancing act. Uh, and so yeah. if anyone out there has it figured out, please let us know. <laughs> um, you know, for, for me, it's creating for other people can be really, really uh, creatively engaging. It's really fun. I get to work with other people, talk to them, hear their ideas, pitch them ideas and hear what they want. And then I get to kind of blend the two ideas, like their idea of what they want and bring myself to it. Mm. And you end up with kind of a hybrid fused product that ends up really like showing a little bit of your uh, creative side and your own quirks and sort of narrative uh, but it brings out the uh, client's perspective as well. And I think that's really rewarding. But it's also not creating for yourself because sometimes the most like deeply fulfilling things I find are creating for myself. Mm-hmm. When I'm just writing something that I enjoy writing or that I think is goofy, or like I said, quoting movies, like sitting around quoting movies with friends. Like <laughs> we, I've got friends with whom I could talk in movie quotes for probably like hours on end without like <laughs> saying a single word of real conversation. That's um, awesome. But like, you know, that also doesn't fly on the client side all the time. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to bring that ability mm-hmm. into your work life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look at things like, um, I actually think that improv comedy does a really great job of bringing creativity into a scene that is like forced upon the uh, comedians by mm-hmm. the audience, basically. You know, like if you've ever gone to a show where they're like, give us a scene 
and somebody yells out like summer camp. So like now they have to do this whole thing about summer camp that they weren't <laughs> planning on doing. Yeah. And that's kind of like in some ways, like what doing client work is like, but you have to bring yourself to the party. Mm-hmm. And you have to show up and be authentic to you and bring your voice to that work. And I think that's what actually makes the work really interesting. And they've come to you looking for your specific voice. So mm. I think so much of my time has been spent trying to mold myself to other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so cool now to be able to go to a client and say, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and either you're going to like it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, you're hired, they like you and they like what you're doing. So just keep doing that. But it's a different type of fulfillment, I think. And I don't know if you find Mm -hmm. that at all, Kyler, but I find that, you know, um, it's different. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot harder on myself when I'm creating for myself. Yeah. Um, From a publication standpoint, because I I make videos is the main thing and the number one thing I'm most passionate about. Um, when I'm making things about me and my life and I'm the story, I'm a lot more difficult on myself versus when I'm making something for someone else and I hear their story and I'm, you know, I'm bringing their story to light. It's, it's different fulfillments. I think is the best way of putting it because I do like it. It's, I, I did a music video just the other week and, and it was so much fun to hear what they had to say and their work ethic and what this song means to them. And, and then me putting my own creative spin on it to make yeah. it come to life. And, and I feel less pressure um, making something for someone else than I do for myself. And that's something yeah. I'm trying to discover. And what I'm trying to do with Tanya is be more grateful and be more honest with myself and go through these. I'm trying to journal, uh, which is already tough. Day one yesterday, I wrote like maybe a sentence or two, like <laughs> it's very, very tough, but yeah, like I, th- I think that people sometimes think you can't make your hobby into your career and, and, and to a degree, it might be true in some cases, but I think a lot of cases you can, you can make yeah. money off of the thing you love the most um, but also if, if you're not looking for that and you just want something to do on the side, that's whatever brings you the most happiness. And that's why I said you are a successful entrepreneur, because if you're happy with what you're doing, you're already successful. Yeah, you know, the fine, I think the money comes when you like, when you are at your most happiest and, and that's happened with me in my life. Like clients just come out of the woodwork. I, I haven't even advertised or, or made any promotion or even finish my website they're just coming because people enjoy the work that I do and then want to work with me and, and yeah. it's because I put my heart and soul into it right so absolutely I don't I'm the same boat it's like if someone has that balancing act like they know how to do it like let me know <laughs> I'd be down to try it but I wanted to get your perspective on it because as someone who's also in the creative space so Todd I Honestly, I love that we finally had this opportunity to chat again. And the first time didn't work. Um, We have some complications with the internet. Um, But uh, I'm so happy we had this opportunity to chat today. I want to ask you kind of uh, one more question. And then I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your book a little bit so people can know where to get it, know why they should get it and why they should invest more time into you. Um, My my last kind of question that I want to ask a lot of my guests is, what's your definition of making it? And and what would you say, um, like some advice for people to to start that process? And we talked on it a little bit, but love to, as a final thoughts, get your... uh, 
your, your thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Kyler, thank you for having me today, man. This is, this has been a fun conversation and every conversation you and I have, I like tremendously enjoy and I walk <laughs> away more energized than like when I came in. So thank you for having me, you know, in terms of, of making it, it's really hard to define because I think everyone gets their, has their own definition and their own expectations. And I think that if you are finding something that you love, if you're creating for yourself, and if you're really know that you are doing everything that you can within your power to make that dream happen, even if that's five minutes, two nights a week, if you're doing that, keep going. And like, I applaud anybody who's out there even trying. If you're out there putting words on Medium, putting words on a blog, putting words on Reddit, you know, uh, putting words and photographs on Instagram, um, good for you. Good for trying and just keep going because that, you know, if you're getting a sense of fulfillment out of it, that's mm -hmm. all that matters. And I think when it comes down to creativity, create for yourself because you're human you were born with the human brain. You have that gift of creativity. Use it because otherwise that energy is going to waste. Um, and obviously we see that creativity falls off um, as you reach adulthood. Reclaim it. Get back into it because it's part of being a human. And I, if there's one thing that I could leave your listeners with, it's you are a human. You are creative. Don't say that you aren't creative. Acknowledge that you are and then get curious about what you want to create and go out there and do it. Love that. Love, love, love that. Todd, how can people get a hold of your book? You're working on an audio version. I love that. Absolutely. Um, and just tell us again, like who is this for and why they should read it and then tell us where we can get it. I want to, yeah. I want people to buy this book and, and learn more about you in this story. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so you can find the book at Amazon. Uh, you could also request it at any uh, small bookshop. I'm a big supporter of local bookstores. Uh, if you have a local bookstore that you'd love to have carry the book, please let me know. I would love to get in touch with them. Um, you can find me at ftscreates.com, uh, fts.creates on Instagram. Uh, haven't been as active there, uh, sort of like we said, uh, just been kind of a busy time. Uh, you know, this book is really for anybody who has a creative idea, a passion or hobby, and they want to figure out what the next steps are to taking it to the next level. And it's also for somebody who has no idea what they're creative about and wants to get started. So if you want to get started engaging with your creativity or re-engage with your creativity with something that you used to love, I would love it if you would pick up the book, reach out, chat with me. And let's start a conversation about getting creativity back into our world because mm -hmm. it's a time in life where I think we need creativity more than ever. Yeah. Truth, man, just truth. And, and I'm one, I'm reading it currently. And I honestly, I love every chapter. It's, it speaks to everything that I'm all about, everything, what this podcast is about and what this show making it happen is all about. Todd, Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time, your energy. You're such a good looking guy. I hope people can see this and follow you because honestly, man, you just, yeah, I'm in the same. I'm fired up for the rest of the day. I'm going to get back to work and it's going to be, it's going to be great. So Tyler, uh, I, thanks for having me, man.
Oh, it's dude. been it's been a pleasure chatting with you, dude. I'm I'm glad we got this one done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Finally, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to the Making It Happen podcast. I will link all of Todd's information below in the description. So please, please, please go follow him and follow his journey and buy Thirty Two Regrets. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Until next time, this is the Making It Happen podcast. Thank you.